On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. What would it look like if Leinster House was entirely populated by women? Um, it is not entirely a facetious question because it's something that we might get a little bit of a preview of tomorrow because the Doll Chamber has been given over uh, for an event in advance of International Women's Day which is this coming Wednesday uh, in which for one of the first times ever every single seat in Leinster House in as much as it is filled uh, will be filled by a woman um, the whole thing has been organised in partnership uh, with Women for Election uh, its chair Alison Cowser is with me in studio um, Alison thanks for coming in how did all of this come about? Um, I, I suppose uh, Women for Election and just maybe a little bit of background on what we do, um, we um, train, support and mentor women to come forward to the political process. Uh, at the moment, Gavin, we have only 23% of the doll uh, being women, um, which is an appalling 100th in the world in terms of if we want to compare ourselves internationally. So uh, we have a big problem to solve. Hmm. Uh, we have a lot of women coming forward to our courses uh, around the country uh, looking to get involved in politics. And I think it's no harm to maybe... Uh, even just from a, uh, an optics perspective to show what it could look like if, mm. if our doll um, and our Oireachtas was more representative of the people that it represents. So mm. currently um, the doll is made up of 77% men. Um, we have a, a real uh, diversity issue across the entire Oireachtas, uh, not just in terms of the gender issue, but, sure. but particularly in terms of our migrant communities. Um, uh, really any marginalised groups are, are highly unrepresentative. So um, this came about tomorrow um, in, in conjunction with the Cian Corla and, and his team. And they've been doing a huge amount of work over the last number of years on trying to get to a place where the um, the Oireachtas does begin to look, sound and feel like the people mm. it represents. So tomorrow in advance of International Women's Day, Women for Election have put together a very diverse group of, of women um, to come together. Um, there will be an opportunity for statements from various organisations, really just, I suppose, giving us a glimpse of what the future might be now, clearly, we're not suggesting it should be 100% female. Mm. Uh, we're, we're aiming for 50-50, and I think that's ultimately where, as a progressive country, we need to get to. Um, we have a lot of work to do to get mm. there, and um, that, that's you know that's that's what our daily bread and butter is. Yeah, is getting you, you mentioned the, the the perceived optics, at, at least for one day, mm-hmm. uh, of having the chamber populated entirely of women. But you were making the point just before we came on air that it's actually there, there is a long-term purpose to that, that it's actually not just about optics for one day, that it at least sort of plants a seed in people's Absolutely minds. Absolutely not. I mean, this is about women all around the country now at the moment um, beginning to consider and, and maybe have already considered running for the next big election which we're looking forward to in t- May 2024 which is the um, local elections. Mm. Uh, we're Again, we're very badly represented at 20-26% of our local councils are female. Um, so really it's, it's about getting women to begin to make that decision to come forward. It's also about the political parties and ensuring that they put women in winnable seats. Um, we have quotas um, at local, uh, at national level uh, not, and, and not a quota at local level yet. Mm. But uh, it's a question of really changing the system. Piling women in on the ticket is not the answer. It's a question of working with women, supporting their candidacy, uh, putting in place supports that ensure that those women get elected. Because if we really do want to see change, I suppose it's very important to look at what we've got at the moment. It's it's the result of 100 years of, of an unfinished democracy, as, as has been, been, been used that phrase regularly. Mm. It's also the result of decisions that have been made, not accidental decisions, individual decisions by women either not being being supported to, to come forward, but by the system and by the parties who have put uh, put candidates in, in, in place at the moment that just really do not reflect the society mm. we live in. And we'll talk about more about some of those issues, including the idea of a, a gender quota for local elections, uh, maybe as we, as we continue the discussion. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> We're also joined in studio by uh, Senator Fiona O'Loughlin of Fianna Fáil, who's the chair um, of the Oireachtas Women's Caucus and on the line by Ivana Bacic, the leader of the Labour Party. Um, Coming to you first of all, um, you have experience of, of both chambers of the Oireachtas, formerly a TD and now um, a member of the Shannad. Um, 
how do you think that the daily organisation of work or how work works inside Leinster House, for want of a better way of putting it, how do you think that that disadvantages women taking part in public life? Well, Alison has already mentioned the Family Friendly <laughs> Forum where we had uh, a really excellent, diverse group of people that work both within the Oireachtas and outside of it to give their perspective and to put plans in place to try to make it a better place. And I think it's fair to say that those who didn't have the experience of Oireachtas life were really quite shocked about a number of elements mm. about it. How so? Particularly in relation to the hours of the sittings, the late votes, the fact that those coming from outside of Dublin wouldn't have automatic access to the creche because you have to be able to uh, be there for five days to be able to uh, take that. The fact oh, that... Oh right, so that if you're only coming up from, from the country exactly, for a Tuesday, for Wednesday days. or Thursday it, that you can't it, get access. Okay. Exa- well you can, but you pay for five oh, days. Oh, you pay for five days. Okay, yeah. And also there's limited spaces. Also the fact that there was no family friendly room so that in a situation, for example, as you just mentioned, if a mom or dad was coming up from you know, further away from Dublin, they were staying in a hotel. And if they were in a situation maybe that they could bring up a child or a toddler Mm. and had another family member maybe with them, that there wasn't a space that if they had an hour or two of a break within the day, that they could go to a place and spend time with their child. So all of those areas were well discussed. And again, I think people and Alison, I'm sure will bear me out on this. I think we're surprised at the working day, the hours of the working day. So we did come up with a number of recommendations which are starting to be put in place. They're not all there now, but it is a it's a difficult life. It's a tough life. It's a life that many of us choose. It's a life that we want to see more women coming into. We want to see more diversity, as Alison said. And I think the more opportunity we have to have these discussions Mm. and these debates, there is a better chance of being able to do something about them. Um, as I said, Ivana Bacci, the leader of the Labour Party, is, is with me on the line as well. Ivana, uh, good afternoon and thank you for joining us. Um, between the Shannon and, and more recently the Dole, you have been in Leinster House for, I think, 16 years now. Um, some of those d- decisions that, that Alison mentioned earlier on that have been almost actively made, whether people understood them or not, uh, that have squeezed women out of life. How, how Consciously, first of all, do you think that those decisions are made to exclude women? And secondly, do you think that there has been any meaningful progress in your 16 years to start to undo them? Uh, well, as you say, I've been there some time and certainly there is a difference, as Fiona said, between the doll and the Shannon in terms of procedure. And I suppose it's worth noting that the Shannon is nearly 40% female currently, whereas the doll, as, as Alison pointed out, is less than one quarter female. And certainly when I was first elected to the doll in 2021, I really it really struck me just how uh, male it is, mm. how male-dominated it is. So just focus three quarters of our teeth. But I, 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 I know I'm dragging you aside or I'm interrupting yes. you now, but just how do you think that's come about? Why, why do you think what is it about the Shannon that that it is more representative in gender? A very simple thing. The Shannon, um, there is a facility there for positive action and the Taoiseach through the Taoiseach nominee process where 11 senators okay. are appointed by the Taoiseach, the Taoiseach can, in, can redress, the Taoiseach of the day can redress an imbalance in gender. But the Shannon is also a more collaborative forum, I think, and that's, you know, and that's in the procedures and, uh, anyway. And so that has certainly, I think, contributed. But can I just say this, Gavin, not to be sort of too downhearted. Sure. Things have improved. Although things are still pretty awful for, in terms of women's representation in Irish politics uh, and our democracy is indeed unfinished. That's our 
the title of our gender equality report from uh, last year, you know, because where we recommended various changes. But having, having said that, the quota that we introduced in 2012 did help. When I was first elected to the Dáil, to the Shannon in 2007, you know, le- it, it, it was appalling. It was only about, you know, less than 15% of TDs were women at that point. So it was far worse. You know, we've now reached that um, magic number of 37 TDs at my election, it's still far too low. It's still less than one quarter. But the quota uh, whereby political parties must select at least four, at least a certain proportion of their candidates of each gender, that quota will rise to 40% in the next general election. Yeah. In other words, 40% of the candidates each party runs must be, must be women, at least 40%. Mm. And I think that will see a difference. We've seen quotas work in other countries. You ask why are women being held back? Is it a sort of is it a conscious decision? It's not. It's a combination of factors. And I wrote a report to the Justice Committee in two thousand and nine, which paved the way for the quotas, where we identified five barriers to women's participation in politics. Lack of cash, lack of confidence, we call them the five C's. Mm. Lack of cash, lack of confidence, lack of childcare, an old point culture and candidate selection procedures which were holding women back. Now, the quota has been very effective in addressing the candidate selection procedures that political parties use, and organisations like Women for Election really helped in you know, supporting and mentoring women to come forward. But we still need to do a lot on childcare. You know, there is an Iraqis crash, but as Fiona has said, it's somewhat restrictive. Uh, we do have a women's caucus now that seeks to challenge the old boys' culture, and, you know, I'm proud to be vice chair of that, working with Fiona. You know, there's a lot of mm. things we're doing through the caucus to try and give women more confidence. Mm. But, but the, 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 the other two, yeah, it leaves you with cash and confidence. And by the way, I'm mindful that you have to leave us a little bit earlier as well. So I want just to get you to address these then. So you, you've left behind cash and confidence. And I wonder these how are, much are those yeah. things that the, that the political culture can do or how much of them need to be broader societal changes? It's broader societal change. So in our uh, work on the Gender Equality Committee last year in the Oireachtas, we looked at the recommendations of the Citizens' Assembly on Gender Equality, which made 45 recommendations but a lot of them geared at trying to change that culture putting in place better childcare supports across society but also starting very young at primary uh, education and indeed in preschool years to instill greater confidence in young girls to come forward and that itself has a knock-on effect on the cash issue too Gavin because Mm. we know there's still a gender pay gap we know that women are much less likely than men to seek pay rises for example to seek to be hired at particular rates so you know these are things that Will change, you know, that need concerted, uh, concerted societal change to address, and you know, only then will we start to see women coming forward in greater numbers. So we do need those quotas in place, really, as a sort of positive action measure to bring more women forward as TDs. We do need to see quotas at local level, I believe, because mm. the next election is a local election. We in Labour are actively recruiting women. I should say we've a sign up a sister campaign over this month, and I think all political parties are very conscious now of the need to uh, go out and proactively seek women to run as candidates. But finally, I suppose, you know, one important recommendation we made in the Gender Equality Committee across party was the need for an equality referendum this year, that we do need to see constitutional change because our constitution still has that sort of cultural expectation that women will have, in the words of the constitution, a life within the home and yeah. youth in the home that are not shared by men. So, you know, that's very outdated sure. and that needs to change. Uh, I, I know you need to go, so thanks for joining us just for those few minutes of Anna Bacic, uh, the leader of the Labour Party. Uh, Alison Kowser and Fiona O'Loughlin are still with me in studio. Um, th- those five C's, Alison, so cash, confidence, childcare, culture and candidate selection. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I suppose Women for Election is trying to do its best to address all, all of those five in, in as much as it can. Um, but the confidence issue, this is something which as a man it is regularly given as a reason to me when you sort of ask why why is it such a male dominated profession that 
in, in instances, and the media is the same as well, that if you ask a woman to, to do something and they're, they're unsure as to whether they feel capable or qualified, that they will generally tend to opt out. Whereas men, whether it's just machismo or bravado or whatever it is, will often tend to back themselves. And maybe sometimes that's that's the key difference. Yeah, I mean, I think it's changing. We're, we're seeing uh, huge numbers of women coming forward on our, our training and support courses. Um, we've had over six, 600 women through in the last year. and 600 in one year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and really they're coming forward because they know they have something to give. They're mm. coming forward because they believe they can. In many cases, they're already working in politics, but with a small P, they're working in community organisations. They're changing things on the ground. Um, and, and really it's a question of encouraging them to take the next step forward where they, they systemise and maybe formalise that in the political sense. Uh, so there's no shortage of women coming forward. The question is finding uh, a, a political party or running independently in a way that, that uh, you know, that, that matches their values. Um, but ultimately, you know, the women are out there. Um, women are coming through from very diverse backgrounds, from, you know, organisations and groups that are not currently rec- uh, represented mm. in, in councils. Um, and there are, I mean, we, I suppose it's important to look at this. Uh, this is, you know, can be quite different if you look at it outside Dublin. So situation in Dublin, uh, many of the councils are, are almost gender balanced, but you're looking at situations in many parts of rural Ireland where there is a huge dearth of women uh, on, on uh, councils. Why, why do you think that is then? What, what's different about the political culture in cities that, that women are more successful on the ballot there? Do, uh, do they contest elections more frequently there? I, I think it's a question of, it's really, it, it, it's a process that, that needs to happen at, at all levels, but there's no question in, in many local areas. I mean, the Offaly County Council, for example, has one woman on the entire council. Um, mm. the, the entire of Munster is represented in, in the law by three women um, out of 30. So, you know, these are real changes that have to happen across the country. We've been working very closely with many of the councils um, and there's huge appetite for mm. change um, at, 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 at that level. Uh, it's something that um, I think the voters want. You know, many voters are absolutely shocked when they hear those statistics and they understand that their community has been represented by a group mm. that does not look and feel like the population of, yeah. of that, of that um, it's actually, it's, region. It's, it's very jarring when you say that Munster only has three because that, that that fact had never struck me, but then I thought about it for three seconds and I said I can immediately mm-hmm. name them already. Violet mm-hmm. Ann Wynne, Mary yeah. Butler and Holly Cairns. Mm-hmm. And, and they're the only three for all of yeah. Munster. And when you, when you put it that way, it's very striking. Um, the prospect of a gender quota for local elections, Fiona, um, it's something which in practical terms, as it stands right now, will be quite difficult to enforce. Because the reason why there's gender quotas for Dáil elections is that the state funding of political parties is dependent on how you do in Dáil elections. There is no state funding relative to how you do in local elections, which means that right now, there would be basically no carrot and no stick to try and enforce that at a national level. That, that's, a, that's a fair point. At the same time, I think that quotas would be important because when you look back at the 2020 election, 86% of the women that were elected to the Dáil had been local councillors. Yeah. So they had served at local government level. So if we really want to encourage a pathway to being involved at national level, local government is important. And also, I think it's very important to have a knowledge of local government going into national government because it is every bit as important in terms of the decisions that are made every day to that impact all of those that live Mm. within those particular counties. So I think a mechanism has to be found to be able to encourage political parties to do that. And I agree. I think that the carrot is important. While there was the stick in terms of funding at national level, I think it should be more of a carrot in terms of at local Mm. level. There is also, though, the practical issue where the rubber meets the road, which is that if you want to try and encourage more women to run for election or ultimately to be elected, it's going to involve unseating some male incumbents and often those male incumbents are from 
larger parties who are not going to be quite as hospitable to the idea of now suddenly having a female running mate who might actually be, as they see it, the cuckoo who then usurps them from their nest. Uh, how do you get men to ultimately agree that some of them are going to have to make way to with, allow women be in their seats? With difficulty, uh, for many years I was the only woman on a local authority in Newbridge Town Council and uh, on and I had unseated a, yeah. a male incumbent of a party. Research that was done showed that the hardest place to be in politics is a female challenger and the Ooh, easiest okay. place to be yeah. is a male incumbent. And it's not easy and it does lead to resentment and it does lead to resentment among party colleagues and I have to say that's one of the things that I found the most difficult because even though you're you're joyous in your own election and celebration it is difficult at a human level yeah. to see somebody who has given a lot of years and a yeah. lot of service both to the party mm. and indeed to the community that they represent but it is a necessary evil. There's always a situation too where there are a certain amount of people who retire at elections. So there are openings. Yeah, and somebody's turn. very yeah. lucky if they're in. Luck comes into it an awful mm. lot. So I think where we have a situation where there are men retiring, we really need to yeah. be able to look at electable women in those places. But outside of that, women that have something to contribute, that want to make a difference in their community, in their county. And it's wonderful to hear of the numbers that mm. are coming through women for election there's I was at a, a, a Fianna Fáil Women's Network gathering lunch yesterday in Cork where we honoured Mary Crilly an incredible woman who's done so much work around the whole area of sexual violence and it was wonderful to meet many young women who are considering running yeah. for my party for Fianna Fáil so I think that we all just have to be in that place where we encourage we support and we have to look also at not just equality but yeah. equity because when we talk about equality we're talking about that you know 50-50 mm. area but we have to remember it's not an even playing field yeah. and it's not an even playing field for an awful lot of women. So we may need to be able to give extra resources yeah. to make sure that it's equitable as well as equal. Well, well, on, on the front of it not being a level playing field, and maybe we'll finish with this, Alison, um, a text has, has come in and I think it really hits the button and I really don't know what this or what Women for Election or indeed anyone else could maybe do about this element of culture. Uh, this is on the confidence topic. A texter says, I've heard a female politician state recently that women don't always want to attend the likes of TV on a last minute call up because women get picked apart so much more on the likes of social media unless they are excessively made up, as this person says. A man only has to put on a suit. Um, that is a real issue, isn't it? That, that the idea that when a man goes on telly, he gets judged based on what comes out of his mouth, but that the criteria for being a successful woman is often much more than that. And that's a very difficult thing to tackle. Well, I think you have to ask the question, is is it actually much more than that or is there is there a small minority of people that, that seem to think that that's an important issue? I okay. mean, really, so maybe the question actually it is, is not it's, as pressing. It's, it's, about, it's about your policies. It's about what you can do in the job. It's about what you can do to change your, your community and your country for the better. Um, and yes, there are individuals, but, you know, I think we, we just have to, to, to get to a point where we understand that the, the real... The real issues are about what women can do in those positions to change the country. There's no question there are individuals that view that as being um, a criteria. Um, but I mean, speaking personally, if I ever, ever asked to go on a programme, I mean, I'm here today. Mm. I think, you know, you, you, you say yes because you've got something to say. And there are thousands of women out there who have things to say um, and, and are well capable of sitting in that in that studio and making their point. Um, the online piece, there's no question. It's there. It's there for the men as well as the women. Uh, it's a societal issue that we, we, we need to change I think in a broader context 
Um, and you, you do have to ask the question yeah. of what these people are trying to achieve by yeah. by making those, those assertions. I, I do need to wrap up, Fiona, but very quickly, yeah. you just want to address um, that. I, I'm always very conscious that when we have the opportunity to speak on a show such as this, that we have to give voice to those women who don't have the opportunity to mm. have their voice. And indeed, you know, others, not just women. But to make the point, Alison is right, it should be about work ethic, it should be about values and it mm. should be about policy. Unfortunately, it's not. And I do find as a, whim, a woman in public life, and we discuss this in the Women's Caucus regularly, that we are targeted more no in terms of appearance, mm. in terms of, uh, you know, body conscious image. And, and that is an issue. And it, that does impact, going back to the confidence question mm-hmm. and it impacts a bit on your self-esteem I mean, and yeah, we have yeah. to I get, want to own it and absolutely. say it yeah. but we do have to get to a point there's no question if we allow women to be hounded off the airwaves and off social media uh, we are taking away an enormously valuable tool for how they will communicate their political um, aspirations and with their um, with their, with the voters essentially so mm. we cannot allow that to happen and we all need to work together with media to make sure that doesn't happen well I appreciate you both uh, making time to come into us this Sunday lunchtime because I know sometimes Sunday lunchtimes whether you're in public life or not they're just time where you don't want to be coming onto the media at all. So very much appreciate both of you coming in. Uh, Fiona Lachlan is a member of Shannon Aaron and she's the chair of the Oireachtas Women's Caucus and Alison Cowser is the chair for Women for Election, both involved in that event in Leinster House taking place tomorrow uh, under the stewardship of the Count Corla. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.